Welcome to the Gathering Place Church weekly podcast. We hope today's message ignites, equips, and challenges you to live out your Christian faith and to bring healing to a broken world. Jesus, we thank you for a new beginning today, a new beginning to a new year, a new beginning to worship you. God, that in the beginning was the word. Let our beginning of 2023 be with the word. Let it continue with the word. Let it be steadfast with your word. Father, we thank you, Jesus, is the word made flesh. That it's all about Jesus. God, and we know if we keep Jesus first, seek first his kingdom, and then all and his righteousness, then all of these things will be added. Luke 12 talks about our Father knows what we have need of. So Father, we just posture ourselves in adoration to our King, in adoration and honor and veneration to the King of kings and the Lord of lords. God, that we might not have something fit for a king, but we just, in our heart of hearts, in our mind of minds, at the deepest recess of who we are, we genuinely, authentically say, Hallelujah. Worthy is the king. Our king has come. He has come to rescue us, to save us from our sin. He's come to heal our land. He's come, uh, he's come to teach us how to walk and talk in the kingdom, to bring heaven into earth, that it's not our will be done, but his will be done. Give us today, Jesus. Give us this year, this first day of a new year, our daily bread. Father, we thank you for the nourishment that we have need of in the beginning of this year. It starts with the word. It endures with the word. God, allow your word to be fleshed out in our lives each and every day this year. We need it. Without it, we're hopeless, powerless. We can do nothing without you not by might, not by power, but by your spirit this year in Jesus' name. We love you, Lord. Oh, this is such a, a beautiful time of worship. Your presence is here, you're touching. God, allow your spirit to penetrate our hearts as we open your word and your holy, magnificent, strong, powerful name we pray. Everybody said, amen. Ah, man, I pray you were blessed. There was something so sweet about worship today. And um, hopefully you feel a little changed up. You're in a new seat today. Congratulations. I'm gonna have to find where everybody's at. Find my amen corner. You're somewhere in here. But um, we're excited. We, um, here in the, in the coming weeks, we're gonna be taking three or four weeks and just sharing some fresh vision for our church and uh, just getting you excited about what's coming, some great uh, announcements, and uh, um, we're just excited for the journey that lies ahead. So um, have some anticipation today. Um, and think about anticipation. You know, we anticipate things. Everyone who's sitting here is anticipating that the best is yet to come in front of you, that good things are ahead of you. Um, and we believe that they are. But the reality is we know there's also gonna be and potentially could be devastation. We have anticipation, but we prepare for devastation, right? 
that some of us are going to experience loss. I mean, I just talked to sweet Becky in, in the hallway. She's right there with us today. She um, just lost her husband of 22 years on Friday. And we love you and we thank you that you're here today. That your new year is starting off a little different, but you're in his house today. And I believe God's going to touch you and minister to your heart. So there's some of us, we, we don't know what the future holds. We don't know if there's loss. We anticipate good things. But at the end of the day, we thank God that he gives us a well route, um, a, a good circle approach to um, anticipation and devastation, okay? And uh, what we need to know today, I wrote just a few of these things down. Jesus is alive, amen. Jesus is reigning. He's praying for you. He's building his church. He's preparing a place for you. He's sanctifying you. And thank God that he loves you today. There's foundational core truths that we have, promises, staples, pillars that never change regardless of the situation and the circumstance today. Um, and I want to preach a message and, and really go to the book of Jeremiah today. And uh, this is just a word from my heart, and I pray as, as this word's blessed me, it blesses you today. Um, but we're going to look at Jeremiah, and we're going to look specifically Jeremiah chapter 20, and he says these powerful words, this, this mantra, that there is a fire in my bones. And my heart, my goal today is it's time to stir that fire up in you um, where you might not even think you have a fire because of the circumstances of this past year. Um, know that you have a fire in your bones, whether you realize it or not, that there is a irrevocable call on your life that God has made. And we're going to see Jeremiah's call because what his call is, is our call as followers of Christ. You know, I think of Jeremiah and um, here's a little bit, of, bit about of who he is, that he had uh, the privilege and the honor to talk of Jerusalem's uh, and the temple's destruction and captivity. So he was no happy prophet. He didn't get the good words. He had to bring the tough stuff to God's people. And um, he was a major prophet, and uh, the commentary says that he prophesied of the persecutions and the destructions of Jerusalem and the temple. And he also foretold the captivity of the Jews in Babylon. He had exhorted the people to repent, and he promised of a hope for those who remained faithful to the Lord. He prophesied there would be a new covenant to be inscribed in every believer's heart, inaugurated and fulfilled through Christ God, the Messiah of Israel. Jeremiah was called the weeping prophet. Aren't you glad we're starting off 2023 with the weeping prophet? Come on, you know pastor's gonna keep it real. It says, he shed many tears during the dark and despairing times of the Babylonian captivity. He began prophesying during King Josiah's reign. Jeremiah was also known as the prophet of the interior life because he preached a personal knowledge of God and the forgiveness of sins. The bulk of his message was such a heavy burden to him that it even broke even his own heart. That's how deep and hard and heavy his message was. Um, when we think of, of Jeremiah and, and the captivity, and we even go to our present day, and we see the depravity and the, and the despair that exists, I want to encourage you, Caitlin, if you put this up, Isaiah chapter 14. That is, you look at, at the world around you. This is God's heart in every season, in every situation, no matter if it's the first of the year, the middle of the year, the end of the year. 
The Lord of heaven's army has sworn this oath. This is a promise. It will all happen as I have planned. It will all be as I have decided. Can we trust this year in the sovereignty and in the providence of God that yes, our world is plagued by sin, destruction, confusion, calamity, depravity, um, but at the end of the day, God is good. And you've got to start this year knowing that he's good. He'll always be good. Even if our situation does not look good, his goodness is coming after you this year. It always is. It's just we've got to open our eyes and we've got to take the, the not so good things, the pain, the hurt, the suffering. We've got to unite it to the cross of Jesus. Because think of it, out of the cross came the best gift we've ever been given. Out of your pain, when it's united to the cross, it's used, love animates it, and it can become something that God can use to change your life, to change your story, and to be a testimony to others. So we see Jeremiah, and I find this interesting. In Matthew chapter 16, um, Jeremiah is mentioned, and he's mentioned in this really uh, profound fashion. It's when Jesus is talking to the disciples, you know the story, and Jesus asks them, who are people saying I am? You know, and he's getting these different responses. And we know Peter has the right response as, well, you're the son of God. Well, who told you that? Well, nobody told you that. It, it, God revealed that to you. But before Peter gets the right answer, there's a, there's a couple wrong answers, um, but not so wrong. One of the answers from one of the apostles was they said, oh, you're Jeremiah. You're Jeremiah. We're talking about the weeping prophet today who probably delivered some of the hardest news of all the prophets. So if Jesus was seen as a type, or Jeremiah rather, a type of Jesus, Jeremiah had his own cross as Jesus had his cross. So we're going to see a type of Jesus here. And even Jesus operated in a spirit similar, we know, given from the Holy Spirit, like Jeremiah, that those closest to him thought he was Jeremiah. So take this today and see, even as we get into Jeremiah, you're going to see major and minor themes of how Jesus responded to things, how he exhorted, how he delivered truth, but delivered it also with grace. He was full of grace and truth. We read that this morning. But we see in the life of Jeremiah, and I want to go to his breaking point. So we're going to fast forward through some stuff, but then we're going to go back. And I want to go to his breaking point this morning, his dark night, the night of his twisting, the night of his pain, the night of, of such gut-wrenching, he didn't know what to do. And if you look at Jeremiah, chapter 20 is where it's found. And this is where we get the title of today's message is that there is a fire in his bones. And before I read this, I pray again that there be a stirring as we look at Jeremiah's ministry, his life, his call. That just as there was a fire in his bone, there is a fire in each and every one of your bones today. And I pray that whatever has happened in your past, see, some of us, we get stuck in our past. And if we're not stuck in our past, we have such fear of the future that we're no earthly good in our present. My goal today is for you to let go of your past, to have faith and trust in God for your future so that you can operate in the authority God's given you in your present. So let's unite it to Jesus today. Let's lay it down at the altar today. Jesus is reigning. He's ruling. He's here. What do you have to fear of? You've shown up today. God's got a word for you today, and I believe it is there is a fire 
in your bones that is he wants to bring out. So Jeremiah chapter 20, this is his darkest night. Again, the weeping prophet, the one shouting, there's destruction coming, shouting, you need to repent, shouting, you are wicked. Uh, and again, he's confronting his own people. So you're about to see um, Peshur, who is uh, one of the priests. So this is, this is done inside the family of faith, inside his own people, uh, that they were tired of hearing his prophetic word. And so they were going to do something about it. Look what happens. It says, Now, Peshur, the son of Emmer, the priest who was also appointed governor in the house of the Lord, heard Jeremiah prophesying these words. He struck him and cast him into a stockade. And this translation, um, it says that he was arrested and he was whipped, put in the stocks. Come on, you know what a stock is. You go medieval. Your head's in, your arms are in, and you're publicly humiliated. So he's whipped, he's put in the stocks, and look where they place him. They place him at the, ben at the gate of Benjamin of the Lord's temple. So he's in front of the temple. And not only is he being tortured, persecuted because of his prophetic word, um, he's being publicly, shamefully humiliated in the stocks in front of the temple. This should, should show you a picture of how done they were of hearing, you're wicked, there's destruction coming. They, they wanted to be done with him. It says the next day when Peshur finally released him, Jeremiah said, and this is kind of where we get, and we've heard it in the days of old, um, don't touch the Lord's anointed. Look what happens. Jeremiah said, Peshur, the Lord has changed your name. From now on, you are to be called the man who lives in terror. So, Essentially, a curse is pronounced on him for what he did uh, to Jeremiah. So we see the setup. We see he's in the stocks. He's then released, but Jeremiah hits his breaking point here. And I think we can all, what we're about to read, we're going to see his, his heavenly lament. We're going to see him pour out his heart cry of how done he is being this prophet, that God need needs to find somebody else I've had enough. I'm tired of being in the stocks. I'm tired of being whipped 39 times. I'm tired of being publicly shamed. Nobody wants to hear what I have to say. So what we're about to read is you're going to hear him cry. You're going to hear him lament. Um, you're going to hear his, his anger, his frustration, his doubt. Um, but what you need to know is as he's giving and saying all of this, he doesn't do it unsubmitted. You see, there's a difference. When we lament as believers, as Christians, we can be real and authentic in our pain with God. But don't unyoke or unsubmit yourself to where you're wanting to curse God. Get real with God. That's what he likes. He's closer than you think. He wants you to come near and lay it all out. But don't do it unsubmitted. That's where it gets, it gets dangerous. So Jeremiah is gonna lay it all out. There's no sugarcoating what he's about to say. But he gets real with God that he is done and he is tired. And I'm preaching to somebody today that is done, that is tired, that feels like giving up. And if you can hear the words of Jeremiah today, get real with God, but there's a fire in your bones that you can't deny, that you can't give up, that you can't shut up, and that you can't lay down. You ready for this? Jeremiah is despised is what it's talked of. Verse 7. 
says this. It says, oh, Lord, you misled me. And I allowed myself to be misled. New King James says, you've deceived me. So he's saying, I've been duped by God. He says, you're stronger than I am. And you overpowered me. Now I am mocked every day. And everyone laughs at me. This is his daily routine. When I speak, the words burst out, violence and destruction, what his message is. I shout, so these messages from the Lord have made me a household joke. But if I say I'll never mention the Lord or speak in his name, hear this, his word burns in my heart like a fire. It's like a fire in my bones. I'm worn out, trying to hold it in, but I can't do it. So he's saying in the middle of this pain, in the middle of feeling duped, misled by God, deceived, he says, even in all of that, there is such a fire in my bones, you can't shut me up. And some of you today, you've let your circumstance toy you around long enough. You've let some other false words, some gossip, some lie, some situation keep you down. When the word of the Lord is saying, you've got a fire in your bones, get up and keep going. Dare you not be quiet. And if you can get this in your spirit today and start your year off with a fire in your bones, I don't care what your circumstance is. I don't know what your circumstance is. I'm telling you from experience, I'm telling you, if you can hear Pastor Jeremiah preaching to us today, get the fire in your bones and keep going because it's there. So he gives this word, and he says, I, I, I can't, even in my questioning, in my pain, in my wanting to tap out, to give up, I know that I can't, because God's called me, God has appointed me. Now, what was the call of Jeremiah? It's probably one of the most well-known scriptures. If you flip your Bibles back to Jeremiah chapter one. See, this is what you gotta happen, this is where you gotta go when you're in your darkest night. You've got to go back to some basics. You've got to remember what the call of God is because God's call is irrevocable. And you need to know this today, and we're going to see in Scripture in the New Testament in 2 Timothy that everyone is called. The vocation is different. See, Jeremiah is grumbling at his vocation, not his calling. Very two different things. He's getting mad of the output or the vocation of what he has to do. But the call of God spreads across all of us. We're all called to preach the gospel. If you call yourself a Christian and you're a follower of Christ, guess what? You are called to preach the gospel. You preach it in your home. You preach it to your children. You, you represent it and demonstrate it to your spouse, to your community, to your workplace. We know that God's call is, is, comes straight down the middle and is, spreads across all of us, no matter if you're a pastor or not. So he goes back to his call. And you're actually, you're going to see at the end of Jeremiah chapter 7, he begins to curse a few things in his life. But go to Jeremiah chapter 1, and let's be reminded of what his call is. And I, and I believe this is going to encourage you today because this is the call to all of us. So this is when he was chosen. It says, thus the word of the Lord came to him saying, before I formed you in your mother's womb, before you were born, I set you apart and I appointed you as my prophet 
to the nations. Know that when you're appointed, you're going to deal with stuff. All of you were appointed to the work of Jesus, to the work of the gospel. Paul even talks about time and time again who never burnt out. Is he knew because of his appointing that brought the calamity, that brought the destruction, that brought the suffering because of the appointing. So as we step into 2023 and we know we're appointed, why would we fear, why would we be surprised when people, friends, family don't want to hear the gospel? The world doesn't want to hear the gospel. This should not be new news to us. So this is his call. He says he was being set apart by God even before he was born, appointed as a prophet to the nations. He says, oh, sovereign Lord, I said, I can't speak for I'm too young. And don't we do this, right? When God commissions us or sends us on mission, our first response isn't, yes, I'm ready to go. It's, here's my excuse why I can't go. What's his excuse? I'm too young. What was Moses' excuse? I have a stutter. I mean, all throughout the scripture, it's littered with excuses why I can't do what God is leading me and calling me to do. So Jeremiah said, I'm, I'm too young. You've, you've got the wrong guy. Look what he goes on to say. Aren't you thankful God always replies? He doesn't say, okay, I'm going to move on. He loves Jeremiah. He says, don't say I'm too young, for you must go wherever I send you and say whatever I tell you. Can we live by that this year? That we're going to go wherever he sends us. We're going to say whatever he tells us. He says, don't be afraid, addressing the fear of it. Don't be afraid of the people. That's who comes at you. For I'll be with you. I'm going to protect you. I, the Lord, have spoken. Then the Lord reached out and touched his mouth and said, and, and this is what I want to pray for us today before we leave. I believe God, through his Holy Spirit today, wants to touch your mouth. And he's going to give you the words to say this year. If you will submit, if you will allow that bridle to be put in your mouth by the word. So the Lord touched his mouth and said, I have put my words in your mouth. Today I point you to stand up against nations and kingdoms. Some you must uproot, it's gonna be hard, and tear down. Isn't that what he did in verse 20? So we, we just read the back end, but this is what was being prophesied to him in the front end. It says you're gonna uproot, you're gonna tear down, you're gonna destroy and overthrow. But on the flip side, you're also gonna build up and you're going to plant. So we see this was his call. And um, we see that God appoints him. And when you think of where Jeremiah was in chapter 20 of wrestling with God, of trying to remind himself, some of us, we've lost sight of the joy of our salvation. We've lost sight of the call of God. And please understand this. Your greatest call is preaching the gospel. Even if you never have a microphone, you're not in ministry, that's not my focus. It's getting it into your family. It's getting it into your, your marriage. It's getting it into your workplace. Those are the places that we're called to do, that all of us, God wants to give us wisdom to do. He wants to put your hand, his hand on your mouth and give you the words to say. And so when you see something like this, so that he gives us the words to say, 
Why do we ever fear that we're not going to have the words? Why do we ever fear that we're not going to have the deeds or the works or the actions that accompany them? Why do we fear that we can't demonstrate love in hard places? We know even 1 Thessalonians 4, 3, it says the will of God is your sanctification. That he is constantly refining us and sanctifying us. And he goes into um, different sins, abstaining from immorality, abstaining from all of these things. And the purpose of it is, is because sin will always come after your fire. Sin will always quench your fire. Here it's different for Jeremiah, but you get into the, the New Testament is you can't handle sin lightly. Bring it to Jesus. Let it go. Get the desires and the vices because he wants to touch those parts of your life because your fire is that worth to protect. It's of highest value. So when we think of the call of God, we see Paul encourages Timothy in this, and I pray you're encouraged today. Second Timothy says this, Verse 1, 9 through 15. It says, for God saved us all and called us. Can we say amen? He saved us all. He called us. What he calls you to live a holy life. He did this not because we deserved it, but because that was his plan from the before the beginning of time. We read it this morning. The word became flesh in the beginning. This was his plan to show us his grace through Christ Jesus. And now he has made all of us He's made all of this plain to us by the appearing of Christ Jesus. We're celebrating Christmas. Our Savior, he broke. Someone say he broke. He broke the power of death, and he illuminated the way of life and immortality through the good news. God chose me to be a preacher, an apostle, and a teacher of this good news. This is why I'm suffering. So you bring this into Jeremiah. This is why he is suffering. This is his cross to carry because good comes out of the crosses in our lives. It says, this is why I'm suffering here in prison, but I'm not ashamed. So he didn't have despair in his suffering. He had joy in his suffering. For I know the one in whom I trust, and I am sure that he is able, God is able, he is able to guard what I have entrusted to him until the day of his return. Hold on to this pattern. And if this can be a word for us this year, you've got to hold on to the pattern of wholesome teaching. Doctrine of demons, demonic theology, nuances in theology. If it's not the word made flesh, Jesus Christ, you've got to hold fast to wholesome teaching. This is Paul's encouragement to Timothy that you've learned from me. You've got to hold on to the pattern. I've shaped you. I've formed you. I've given you this pattern. And it's by faith and love that you have in Christ Jesus through the power of the Holy Spirit, somebody say, who lives within us. Carefully guard this deposit. Carefully guard the precious truth that has been entrusted to you. The enemy is after truth. We see this. And as followers of Christ, we have to guard this precious truth. As you know, everyone from the province of Asia has deserted me. So then he goes into this this. Uh, other suffering that he has. So know you've been saved, you've been called. And this is what Jeremiah had to remind himself, and this is what we have to remind ourselves. When we want to give up, when we want to throw in the towel, when we're just done, when life hits us hard, 
when we have loss and pain and suffering and, and don't know what to do and don't have wisdom for the moment. Don't throw yourself in, in, in this spirit of confusion, double-mindedness. You've got to go back to your calling. Don't curse the call of God that he gives to every follower of Christ, that he gives to every believer. As you continue reading in um, Jeremiah chapter um, 20, you'll see uh, that he gets into um, what he's supposed to do. He says this, after he says, there is a fire shut up in my bones. Verse 10 says, today I appoint you to stand against nations and kingdoms. Again, some you must uproot, tear down. Verse 17, verse 17, it says, this was his response. If you go to verse 17, he says um, that I have to get up and prepare for action. You see, once you remind yourself, if you look at the bottom of verse 17, it says that you have to get up and prepare for action. Get out and tell them everything that I say to you. Don't be afraid of them or I will make you look foolish in front of them. So he's saying, don't be afraid or I'll make you look foolish. For see today, I have made you strong. Come on, this is a word to us today, that I have made you strong like a fortified city that cannot be captured, like an iron pillar or a bronze wall. You will stand against the whole land, the kings, the officials, the priests, the people of Judah. They will fight you, but you're not going to fail. For I am with you. I will take care of you. We see this again, that I, the Lord, have spoken. So he says this, that you gotta get up and you gotta prepare for action. That when you know God's touched you, when you know God's called you. Sorry, Caitlin, that was Jeremiah chapter one. So you get back into what he's saying here, that you gotta get up and you gotta prepare for action, that God's called you, that you are have a fortified city around you. This is how much God desires to care for you, to nurture you, to protect you. And I think we're so quick to forget these things. We're so quick to forget of God's sovereignty, of his providence, of his care Again, Luke 12 says, the Father knows what you have need of. And it's okay to bring your needs to him. I think some of us don't want to be the needy kid, but the purpose of a father in a child relationship is bring the need. My kids bring needs all day. I can't help them all with all of them, but that's in their nature to bring the need. Stop taking the need to a drink, stop taking the need to a drug, stop taking the, the need to an addiction, take it to your father. And if we can position the need to our father, we're gonna get reassurance that he's fighting for us. He's put a fortified city that cannot be captured. There is an iron pillar, there is a bronze wall that we will stand against the kings, the officials, the priests. We won't be defeated. This was his call. This is what God spoke to him. You know, you get into the nitty gritty. Caitlin, put that up again. Jeremiah 20, verse 14. Jeremiah 20, verse 14. Look what he began to say. This is, was the depth. So he goes in and out. Yes, I have a fire in my bones. Then he gets back into, but curse the day I was born. A little schizophrenic here. 
So it says, curse the day I was born. May no one celebrate the day of my birth. So he's going for the jugular of what his calling was. But look what he says. He says, curse the day of my birth. But look how God knew that Jeremiah was going to have this. And it's like, Jeremiah, you can curse the day of your birth, but I knew you before you were even born, and you were called before you were even born. So I got that covered. You think you're, you're getting in there. But he, he just goes back and forth, and we get this. So know that God even knows in our darkest hour, in our darkest nights, that he's put a fire shut up in our bones, that even when it's in the place where you are in the stocks, you feel like you're being whipped, one short of death, 39, not 40. And you've got to know today that you've got to stir the fire in your bones. You've got to fuel it with some faith this year. Let's stop being fearful and let's get the fuel of our faith turning and moving and going. Believe again, trust him again. Stop losing sight because the world says, to be quiet. The world says to shut up. The world says to go woke. The world says to vote this or vote that. Anti-gospel, anti, whatever it is, get to the word made flesh because this is what leads, guides us, protects us. This is gonna get us through the dark days that lie ahead. This is gonna get you through your personal dark days. Let's stop putting it to the side and put it first and foremost. And see, this is, this is the beauty of the gospel, and I want to close with this, and, and we're going to take communion. Corey, if you would help me close today. Is when we think of, again, this child, this, this baby, how God became a baby. You know, the last two and a half years, three years, through the pandemic, through COVID, sickness, there was really this, we know it, this culture shift of how we view sickness. Where maybe before COVID, someone coughs, you're like, whatever. Now someone coughs, you're running to the other end of the room. It's like, why are you even here, right? The whole perception of sickness has changed. And here's what's, here's what's kind of unfortunate about all of this. And I think it's, they'll do studies on this in the days ahead. But now the spirit of the ages, you're sick, go isolate. You're sick, get away from me. You're sick, you have a problem. You're broken, you're hurt, get out of here right? That when we show some pain, we show some suffering, we show some hurt, some hurt, get away from me, go isolate till you feel better, then you come back around. And there's been just this shift in this, in this mindset. And if we're not careful, the same can even be when someone comes in sick, get away. When someone comes in sinful, ah, I'm good. When we go to this parent, relationship. We just had two weeks of three sick kids. And our youngest, Luke, at three weeks got the flu. Um, and he made it through. He's healthy. He's safe. He's all good. Uh, but it was a tough two weeks. Just had a baby. He had the flu, sickness, and then it goes. You know how it is. One kid gets sick. They get better. Then the next kid gets sick. Then they get better. So it's just this never-ending cycle, it feels like. But I reminded myself I got a fire on my bones. <laughs> um, but I had this this moment as in it of when we had these sick kids. When my kids were sick, did I tell them to go into the other room, come back in two weeks? What did I do? Me and me and Bree, me and mom, we surrounded them with love, 
with care. We were willing to get sick ourselves. We didn't care. We wanted their health, their well-being. Don't isolate. We are coming close whether you want us to come close or not. We're going to sleep by you. We're going to hold you. We're going to get you to the doctor. We're going to do whatever it takes to get you healthy and whole. And see, this is how your father feels about you. And you're going to have some junk this year. You're going to have some sickness this year. You're going to have some issues and some stuff this year. But my encouragement to you is don't run from him, run to him. Because he's running to you this year. He's ready to meet you and embrace you because he is the great physician. He is the one who will bring healing to your brokenness. He is the one who will change your nature. But the enemy has got us to believe. And it's the, um, it is the lie even in our culture of if you are sick, get away from me. How much more would the enemy love to permeate that into the church? And this is a hospital this year. We're going to care. We're going to heal. We're going to see God do what he does best. A lot of the times we just got to get out of the way or we just got to get close and just, just hold and love and share grace and share truth just as Jesus did. It's both hands. It's both sides of the coin. So this is what Jeremiah had to be reminded of. And I want you to stand this morning and I want to pray for you. I even like that song we sing. You've got a lion inside of your lungs. Sometimes it's like, well, what does that mean? That sounds good. But let's take it in Jeremiah's story. Let's put, see the Lord's hand going to your mouth saying, I'm going to put in you what you need this year. I'm going to put the words in your mouth. I'm going to put the health in you. I'm going to care for you. I'm going to nurture you. It might come in a way that you wouldn't think. Again, Jeremiah is in the stocks. And this is where God begins to speak to him. Many times we think God will speak to me when I'm on a vacation next to a palm tree, right? A lot of the times it's when we're in the stocks that God speaks. And so don't put your eye over here that this is where he does his best work. But it's in the beginning. It's the beginning of the year. It's the word made flesh. Let's allow it to get fleshed out in us this year. That you got a fire inside of your bones. This church has a fire inside of its bones. And I'm telling you, this is the year that the bones are going to roar. This is the year that we're going to see God do what we know he can do. I'm telling you, I felt it in worship this morning. There was a sweetness Jeremiah even says, is there any balm in Gilead? Yes. Well, there's balm here today. There's balm here for you this year. If you can just receive it. Your greatest response is a yes, is a receiving. If you bow your head and, and lift your hands, let's just receive. Holy Spirit, we thank you that you're here. We thank you that each one has a fire inside of their bones. God, where the enemy has come to try to steal, kill, and destroy where he's tried to, to give us lies, to feed us false hope, to just push an agenda on us. We put all of that aside and we say, it is the beginning of a new year. It is a new season. Is it a new day? It is a new time. We have a fire in our bones and we can't shut up. We won't shut up. We're gonna continue to say, God is good. He is just, he is merciful. Now is the time of his rule and his reign. Father, we thank you that the balm of your healing would flow from the altar of your house, that we're in our Father's house today. 
And in our Father's house, we have everything we have need of. So Jesus, as we look to you, Father, I pray right now, just as the word came to Jeremiah, put your hands on our mouth, Jesus. Put your words in our mouth. Put your word in our heart. Put your word in our spirit. We thank you that there's gonna be wisdom for the trial, for the suffering, for the pain. We thank you that there's gonna be joy in the middle of the trial, the suffering, and the pain. We thank you that you're the God of the mountain and the God of the valley. We worship you the same no matter where life may find us this year. God, we thank you that the fire is in our bones. And we thank you that you're gonna set a fire in us today. We love you, Jesus. We take this moment and we worship and we receive this fire, this word in our mouth. In your name we pray, amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thanks for tuning in to this week's podcast. We pray it encouraged, uplifted, and challenged you to become more like Christ. We would love to hear from you. You can email your prayer request to prayer at gpcky.com. Loving our podcast? Take a moment and like and subscribe on our YouTube channel to stay up to date with all of our new content. Thanks for listening.